0: Hello and welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Pro Athlete Supplementation. Check them out at pas-nutrition.co.uk for all your supplementation needs. And don't forget that subscribers to the Rugby Renegade Programme get a 40% discount on retail prices. So it's episode 29 of the Rugby Renegade Podcast. My name's Jamie Bain and today I interview Ryan Harris, Head of Strength and Condition at Dragons Rugby. Uh, And he took time out before their game against the Cardiff Blues... To talk to us about all things rugby strength and conditioning. Give it a listen. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the Rugby Renegade podcast. Why don't we start by you just uh, telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you uh, got into strength and conditioning and some of the teams and sports you've worked with?
1: Um, Yeah, hi, Jamie. Um, Well, so Ryan Harris. I currently work for Dragons Rugby, um, being head of strength and conditioning here for the last four years. Previously to that, I worked with the academy for three years um coincide in that worked with uh World Under Twenty side, um, alongside side that role. Um prior to that I was uh, an S and C coach in what was uh Uick or now Cardiff Met So know, sort of four or five years there.
0: Yeah. And uh, it, was rugby a big passion of yours? Is that that why you end up working there or have you been involved with other sports?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I played rugby all through sort of um, school and and then university, um, uh, and through that really got got into SNC um, through those channels. When I got to university, um, sort of took my training a little bit more seriously um, from a personal perspective, started to look into it, and then um, from there moved on to obviously coaching within the sides, doing uh, my degree and masters there. Um, sort of picked up bits and bobs to go alongside obviously the essence perspective and uh, kind of enjoyed that role and that's what got me into where I am now really Oh,
0: cool so um, we try and get in sort of the mind of our, our guests and try and sort of get what their, their philosophy is and obviously that's not a, an easy question to answer but if you were to sort of pinpoint key parts of your philosophy what would they be?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that underpin it. But the key ones for me is, you know, strength is a big focus, as it does underpin a lot of things. When um, when you get guys stronger, obviously they became more robust. The injury prevention, side of it, ties into that, um, and then it crosses over quite quite easily into um, the performance on the field. That's the important thing for us. Is you know we, we get that crossover and looking of how to develop our guys so they're rugby athletes rather than just you know decent in the gym.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and what um, what sort of um, tests or training do you use to to kind of make them not just strong in the gym, more sort of athletically sound?
1: Yeah, so of movement ties into strength, you know. So we're strength through the movement qualities that replicate its own field. So you know, we don't uh, we spend a lot of time on you know our core lifts and our basics um, to get them strong through there. Then the progressions and crossovers. Sort of push through so you know we we replicate a lot of um sort of a basic session maybe a squat your clean your deads, um and then cross over those into some sort of stuff we've been using in in, in recent years is the, the um sort of horizontal strength stuff like your myo truck and uh sled and all the rest of it then to replicate maybe scrum position or, or what we look at in terms of the crossover flows those forwards um especially the front five and then we're looking at how our strength qualities echo into our speed when we look at the outside backs really so replicating some high speed stuff and force production and seeing where that lies on the velocity curve
0: yeah that's that's definitely a, a good trend that's coming. in more and more people are starting to use that sort of horizontal force velocity work and have you done any like specific testing on that i know there's a the um the app by JB Marin that um, that can actually monitor that, have have you done anything with that?
1: Um, We've sort of crossed over onto it, Um, one of my, Simon Church, who is a guy who works in in our department, he's uh, the senior SNC as well, has uh, just finished finished some of his uh, potentiation effect of sled work um, in terms of looking at that force production and uh, looking how we can potentiate with a sled into some speed stuff. So we've done some some on-site stuff, looking at bits and bobs. We seem to get sort of rather than testing data, our gym data across. Um, and then the, the easy given for me is obviously speaking with the rugby side, the rugby coaches, and having a look what they are seeing. Is there, are they seeing the scrum replicate? Are they seeing better contacts in in sort of tackles, etc. Contact area, and you know that's a big indicator for us. as at the end of the day we've got to those guys in, in getting best output of, of our individuals our players so um, that's, a, that's a big thing we do we do quite a bit of testing but most of it's sort of sort of in gym based testing so you could even say it's monitoring so having a look where our sessions are going and are we crossing that stuff over well enough so they're seeing transition onto the
0: field? Yeah, that's good to hear. You, you don't want your testing to to interfere with your training. If you're getting, like, say, monitoring out of the training sessions, that's that's perfect. And it's also good to hear that you're you're actually you know communicating with coaches and seeing what they want and and whether what you're doing physically is you know taking effect on the on the pitch. That sounds sounds awesome. And and you kind of touched on on that side of thing. It makes me think about this year and kind of the. Almost a sort of change in style of rugby I know' we're in the Premiership, but it seems to be a lot more attacking orientated is is that something you have seen in the in the uh, pro fourteen
1: Yeah, what we've got um, we're under a new regime you know Bernard Jackman's taken over this year, and you know a um, big positive changes uh, our game structure has changed so our setup has changed and uh, it's quite interesting for me to have a look at um, our GPS data and see how our games evolved from last year in terms of physical output for players especially in specific positions so um, we're starting to you know, get four games in that acute chronic load and have a look what the physical demands are of, of first of all the league and and what our new shape gives us really so um, yeah it's quite an interesting time and it's a lot of hard work and intensity our sessions has had to go up and uh, running loads have gone up slightly but Big increase in our high speed run loads.
0: And uh, have you seen anything in in number of collisions and stuff like that? There was some stuff in the press this week about there have been a lot more collisions in the games kind of due to the way that the the referee and the breakdown, etc. Is that anything you've noticed?
1: Yeah, we we are monitoring it um in terms of what we've looked at in the past is obviously number of contacts through our analyst department, number of tackles. And the breakdown work. Um, I think it's inevitably going to cross over, as in, I think referees are pushed on that angle of trying to make, make the game more expansive by doing. We, we look at sort of periods of ball in play, because I think um, a lot of the data can be nullified when you average you out over 18 minutes. Hmm. So we're looking at factors within, say, a three and a half minute ball in play block, is the high exposure end of, of what our players have to withstand. stand. Um, so you know, we're looking at those blocks and working those blocks. Of things like anaerobic games. Inevitably, with that amount of ball and play, there's going to be more contacts, more contact areas, just because the game is becoming more expansive.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, this is a question we we ask all the guests on the podcast. Uh, and what what do you think the biggest mistake rugby players make when it comes to strength and conditioning?
1: Um, it's a difficult one really you could probably depending on what level they're at I think there's mistakes made at, at all levels and, and don't get me wrong nobody's going to ever be perfect and I think we learn a lot more from our mistakes than we do from the stuff we do well so we're, we're first to put our hand up quite critical in our department is yes we'll try things but you know we'll make sure we review them and, and have a look at them but um, I just have a look at if you look at your semi-pro and underneath that is again probably not building a good enough strength base before they, they, they probably concentrate more on the 1% than they do on the 90%ers. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is they're going to cross over Is if you, you get your core lift strike, right, get your acceleration, get your speed work right, then you're going to get the best bang for your buck, especially when you're working full time and only got a few, three or four gym sessions a week, a couple of rugby sessions. You've got to find out where you get the best or the most bang for your buck within that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the classic one is when you look at look at their nutrition and they're worried about, you know, what supplements, what pre-workout, you know, drinks or whatever, and they, you know, they're eating, you know, McDonald's or whatever, you know, if they get those basics in place, it doesn't, doesn't really matter what supplements you're on. Um, so no, not very sure. Really good, really good point. Um, so, if you, uh, have you got any interns at the Dragons just out of interest?
1: Yeah, yeah, we got a couple. We run, um, we have done for the last five years, really, since we started, and um, yeah, they've gone on to do some some good things. So uh, we see that as a you know as a big positive. Um, I come through that kind of setup where sort of earn your stripes and get into that environment. So um, I think in terms of important because they do some good stuff in our department, and that's pushing them to get um, some good learning done for the year. I think there's a lot of guys that come out of university academically bright but without the uh, practical experience to apply that knowledge
0: yeah so um, um we normally ask you know what kind of advice would you give to a you know an upcoming strengths coach but it might be an interesting one to see what advice you give to someone who's actively looking to to get an internship
1: yeah it, exactly what i just um sort of echoing what i just said really i think it's just making yourself as rounded as you can. Um, inevitably, you're going to have to work hard. Um, so what we say to our interns when they first start is you're going to do some of the hard work and the, the stuff that you may find mind-numbing. But on top of that, you're going to deal with a lot of numbers. You're going to find out, you know, what people do at this level. Um, and and then from that, it's about applying it to yourself and seeing where your strengths and weaknesses is and then pushing that through. So I'd say... Get some good academic knowledge and get some sound um, uh, practical knowledge behind you.
0: Yeah, cool, great advice. Uh, now, so you've been uh, head of S and C for four years at the Dragons. How do you uh, how do you try to sort of change change your approach without kind of you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater? How do you change the approach so it's it's kind of fresh for the for the players, but it it kind of sticks to your philosophy?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important. It's, it's something that that we bring up quite often, and I think sort of the integrated approach with with the rugby guys is important, and I think it's sometimes missed. Um, and then also on that, remembering that guys are going to be with you sort of forty two weeks of the year, if not more, um, and you need to refresh it and make it sort of uh, exciting to come into work. I suppose was the philosophy that I. I've been told recently is if, you know, you can always remember that good teacher that teaches you something well in school and uh, that was your favourite subject because the teacher was half decent. So um, we try to sort of mix things up, try to um, integrate some speed stuff, obviously, into the rugby stuff. So, for example, if you're doing some high balls and box kicks, then your wingers are doing their high speed stuff alongside chasing box kicks. So the integration of that doesn't become... You know, just mind them into in doing your straight 40s. Um, building up competition within the squad. So, making, you know, some um, transparent data within the gym. So, looking to put certain guys in racks together. So, they're constantly challenged to beat that next guy who may be taking their starting spot. Um, anaerobic games is always a positive one because guys will give you far higher running numbers when they've got ball in hand and they're, they're, they're excited to to win games because guys in our environment and every professional rugby environment want to be there because they're competitive guys really so it's trying to make that competition in there you know pertinent every day
0: yeah um uh, and, and while we're talking about you know conditioning games and, and and that what's your sort of approach your philosophy in terms of that energy system development do you do you get the majority of your conditioning through the actual rugby training that the coaches do or do you do a lot more games or MAS or just kind of vary each different, different part as you go through the season?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. And that it um, gives our, our sport now is very data rich. It's, it's just quite comfortable to know where each of the guys' output is for the given day or given week or given month. So, what we try to do is again, for that purpose, is try to mix it up. Um, in, in a given week for example we may do recovery games on a Monday depending when our game was um, then on a Tuesday we'll get our biggest running stimulus from the rugby activity, if that doesn't give us the stimulus we need then we'll top up with MAS or more dynamic running depending what we're short on so if we're short on high speed running we'll top that up, if we're short on distance then we'll top it up with MAS or tempo runs depending where that individual is within that block
0: yeah that sounds sounds good and um and like i say l- looking at individuals how do you obviously it's, when you've got a squad of you know thirty forty guys how do you individualize more with their sort of S&C, um training
1: yeah again it's, its it's working out um within my team uh obviously i mentioned uh, simon church and and rodry West works at the academy what we call our transition group those guys are you know are pretty clued in in where the individuals, the players that lie within their groups are, um, what their targets are and what their goals are and I think again it's making those transparent to the player and to the coach. I think um, sometimes what's missed is there's, if you look at the, the sort of spectrum of results from maybe a testing battery of one player, he may be uh, down on one, one thing for bench press for example but that's not a massive contributor to the way he performs. Mm. However, you may come back and be questioned on that individual thing so we have a philosophy is we probably don't want to make the zebra stripes bigger we want to make the zebra stripes bigger not give it spots so we kind of work on their strength to make it better rather Mm. than work on a weakness that doesn't really contribute to that guy being the player he is and i think sometimes it gets clouded as in some guys are pushed down an avenue to increase a physical attribute that isn't going to contribute massively on field so we have a look and sit down with the coaches, have a spectrum of all our, our results and say yeah, I think there's room for that guy to move there, sit down with the player, sit down with the coach and then and then we set goals for the next block. Um, I think once you've got an agreement and transparency amongst those three facets, it's easier to move forward um, and it's easier to get output from player and get buy-in from coach.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you're right, you've got to include include all the people in it. And I I suppose a classic example would be that kind of that skinny player who potentially doesn't look like they're, you know, physical enough to play play the game, but you know, their their rugby output's fine. And then you try and put in loads of size in them and then they lose that kind of uh, you know, work ethic in the in the game. That would be a classic example of that. So yeah. you've got to take everything into account, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Um so Moving on, you uh, obviously the big changes to the Pro 4 team with the, the South African teams uh, coming out. Have you played uh, any of them yet? Yeah, we played
1: the uh, Southern Kings last week, so um, yeah, successful, managed to have a bonus point win oh, great to there, so that was...
0: Um, and that was away, was it? was it, sorry? No, that was home, that
1: was we home. haven't travelled to South Africa yet. Um, so how do how so how you deal
0: with the, with the travel? Obviously it's a, a lot further than you'd be used to travelling, um, how you how you cope with that with the players in terms of um, recovery and make sure they're up for the game?
1: Yeah, South Africa isn't really uh, a massive one because you don't go through massive time zones, yeah. as not Because we the time difference is is okay. Um, uh, we will get out there early in the week, so our travel will be earlier, um, and we'll have sort of a mini training camp there. Um, so we get the travel out of our legs, obviously, before game day. So we'll be probably game minus three or game minus four before we get there. Um, then run a recovery day, a day for of rugby, probably another short day, then our team run, then play. Um, I think that's important, as in if if your travel is too tight to your game, there's always you know an air of the guys a little bit groggy going into that if your travel is, is that long, sort of 11 hours plus there. So we could just got to make sure the guys are there. We get them recovered from the travel then we use them into the rugby week and then uh, get through that really and get into the game. Cool.
0: And and in terms of uh like game preparation um for the players kind of on an individual level, how um how structured is that from from your point of view? Do you do you put um you know things in place for them or have you kind of worked with them to develop their own individual sort of preparation?
1: Uh you want know about match day warm up y- Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've got the individual work-ons, um, so the way our plan will run is everybody's got, and I think it's very individualised in terms of mentally and physically, how guys will prep for a game. So we give them that freedom leading up to our team warm-up. So we just look at individual mobility prep first, so they may do some band work, some rolling, etc. Um, they take care of that. Uh, they may link with a physio and sports therapist, etc., do some shoulder some hip priming some handy priming before that then they'll go out on the field and build up some physical more skill based prep work so hookers will do their throwing. scrum scrumars do their passing etc um, front rows like to do a couple of three on threes and some sort of profiling work so we we'll switch on their core a little bit um, and then we come into our match day warm up which we try to keep nice short and sharp really um, just switching them on physically and mentally, ready to go
0: into the game. Oh, cool! That's that's some great, great advice for some of the guys so they can get their match day warm up and preparation right. Um, Ryan, thanks uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It's been it's been great and some some great info. Um, you know, from someone working at a great level in rugby. Um, is there anything uh, you'd like to share, or how how can people sort of find out more about yourself?
1: Um, yeah, well, thanks for your time for, uh, as well, Jamie. Um, Pleasure. Just put a, pretty much, uh, no, I'm obviously linked with the uh, Dragons Rugby um, on on that website, and all my contact details are on on dragonsrugby.wales. dot uh, If anybody wants to get in touch or any further advice on this, please
0: contact me on that email. No problem at all. Oh, cool. That's great. Thanks so much, Ryan, and uh, all the best for tonight. Um, not sure how my uh a rugby renegade physio directs will be about me saying that obviously playing the blues <laughs> tonight but uh all the best and uh, and good luck for the rest of the season as well Cheers, thanks very much. Cheers. So another great podcast. Thank you, Ryan, for taking the time to talk to us. And all the best uh, with the Dragons for the rest of the season. Uh, in the meantime, guys, please get your questions to us. We want to make this podcast as beneficial for you as possible. So get those questions to us. Hit us up on uh, social media, of course. Uh, shoot us an email at info at rugbyrenegade.com. And check us out on YouTube. Loads of good videos and content going up there all the time. And keep checking us out at rugbyrenegade.com for the membership uh, program uh, and keep checking back for the podcast please subscribe and give us a five-star review until next time thanks for listening to the rugby renegade podcast for more quality rugby strength and conditioning information check us out at rugbyrenegade.com. rugby renegade building machines